Hello and welcome to the new guys. You might notice that this episode is on an off week. So what we did was we skipped last week and now we are here and you're going to have two in a row. Can you believe? I am Gabe S. Dunn. I am here with my co-host, River Butcher. Hello, River. That's me. <laughs> I'm also here. Yeah. We're all out of whack now. So you get two two weeks in a row. Uh, and then I guess we'll we'll go back, get back in line in March. So you know, it's just like wacky Aquarius season. You know, <laughs> what, whatever we're doing, we're doing the best we can. How are you doing, Gabe? Today, I'm okay. Um, uh huh. In the episode that we scrapped, I talked a bit about Sundance. So I just want to say, uh, yeah, a little bit about how I went to Sundance Film Festival for my movie. Um, it's a trans love story with uh, T for T, trans man, trans woman. I have. Since been what's the movie called again? You and I, you and me. Oh, thanks for reminding me. Of course, and I have uh, since been led to believe from being there, and also from my friend Drew Gregory, who is an expert on movies, that there doesn't seem to be another feature film with that love story premise. So I'm uh-huh. pretty shocked about that. Um, so yeah, if you want to donate to the Seed and Spark, it might. Oh yeah, it's still up, uh, and uh, that's a link in my bio on Instagram. Uh, at Gabe S. Dunn. And then you, you have can all also... kinds of incredible rewards. Like you can get into Gabe's close friends on his <laughs> Instagram, which I am still shocked that he's selling that for the low, low price of $40. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. River told me to make it more money, but yeah, I, I did. Um, my, my close know your friends... worth. Well, thank you. My close friends is a lot of bitching and moaning. So sure. Well, please enjoy to some people. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah. And so then we also, I also want to thank you guys on uh, the co-dash fee. You guys have been, that's where you donate yes, money you. to us. It's been super sweet. Um, and you guys are like, really, I mean, there's already like 56 supporters. You guys thank donate you. pretty regularly, which is amazing. I did want to read one thing, uh, which is a, a comment from PS that says, Donating again in part because I'm a bit mortified that among all the heartfelt messages, you read my great show. I'm a brown straight cis lady and have at least my humanity in common with y'all. Followed as a fan of Rivers Comedy and stayed because of Gabe and positivity. Thank you for your great show. Honestly, we appreciate it very much. Great show is a fine thing to reply. It's a it's a wonderful reply. Long, lengthy paragraphs. Wonderful <laughs> reply. Great show. Equally great. Equally wonderful. <laughs> so now I have to do something um, to you, River, that is mostly just Uh-oh. to the podcast, but it's very funny. But okay. we have a great interview coming up with Avi Roque. But first, we're going to answer one listener mail, and you can write <laughs> us at the new guys podcast at gmail.com. Um, and there's a very funny beginning to this. Are you ready? Okay, great. I'm ready. Yes. Okay. Hi, Gabe and River and Beans and Murph. Those are our dogs. <laughs> I am fucking screaming at the latest listener mail. I have to reveal myself. I am the third Ash. <laughs> That's right. Honestly, the ashes keep coming. The ashes keep coming and they don't stop coming. They don't. When y'all read three Ko-Fi comments from three ashes in a <laughs> row, not me being like, and then it's like an open mouth emoji, three times in a row every time I heard Ash. <laughs> the funny thing is that Ash is the nickname I use because my name name is trickier to, pro- to pronounce just from looking at it. So I really didn't need to solidify the trans-Ash tri-alliance, but I'm mm. glad I did, and shout out the other Ashes. We're really out here. Yeah, if your name is Ash and you listen to this show, we're just going to start a full Discord channel just for the Ashes who listen to this show. That's right. <laughs> Here's where I gush a little bit about y'all. Y'all are two truly awesome people I've been cheering on for a long time. I also just have to throw in that seeing, hearing Gabe's perspective of being a trans guy who used to do girl, quote unquote, hella well is unbelievably affirming, heart, and not something I get to see talked about enough. This podcast is genuinely my favorite podcast. Thank you both. All shout out to producer Logan, too, for putting so much energy and heart into it. Hell yeah, Logan. Wow. Look at that. Okay. Shout out for Logan. Shout out to Logan. Okay. My question is. Are there any little things slash memories from your childhood or life before you consciously knew you were trans that you now look back on as totally being pockets of trans joy, (laughs) especially interested in hearing if these things are intersected with your environment, other aspects of your identity that make them feel unique to you and your context. I thought about sending this after hearing River talk about how his school environment actually kind of allowed him to step into things like the dad role when playing house as kids, et cetera, et cetera. 
For me, my parents' first language is not English, and their native language doesn't have gendered pronouns in the same way. So I grew mm. up hearing my parents using he and she totally interchangeably, for me, but also for everyone. My mom will still say things like, my mom, he told me, which looking back has always been such a trans joy for me, even before I knew to connect it to transness. I get a lot of secondhand joy from hearing about other people's trans joy, especially from childhood, so I would love to hear y'all talk about it. Smiley. Thank you again for everything you do. River, you crushed your new special. And Gabe, excited <laughs> for your movie. Best, Ashiel. Pronounced like a shield, but without the D. Insert your without the D joke of choice, a.k.a. Ash, <laughs> smiley face. Wow. Great job. <laughs> what Absolutely an fantastic email. Wow. Just front to end, you know? <laughs> just good. Um, what a sweetheart. Um, just to get into it, since this is an intro and not to get to, to go too far down the road with it. Uh, it's funny because like I I'm like my whole childhood. I don't know. Like once it's hard to sort of uh, find any one thing. I mean, the school thing was like a, a recent revelation. But I think something that always sticks out to me is that I well, when we when you told me we were going to do this email, I was just like scanning through my mind to try to remember stuff because I, I mean, I. There was a time that I, I was like very into Barbie and quote unquote girl stuff. And then that time ended and I was just like, I want the boy things all the time, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but one that I could say that was very early that I'm like, oh, I think that might be might be one of them is uh, my buddy. Which What's if my you're buddy? A, <laughs> I'm 40. One, <laughs> so I, It was this toy from the early 80s, early to mid 80s that was like a stuffed doll, basically. But it was supposed to be like the same size as you. Okay. And I, I mean, I guess like what's funny is the first doll was my buddy. So it was a boy doll for boys. Okay. And the, it, it had a whole song. It was like, my buddy, my buddy, my buddy and me. And so I also, um, to speak a little bit to the language a little bit that's just coming to me, uh, is that when I was first finding words, I lived with my mom with my grandparents. So yeah. we all lived together. I called both of my grandparents buddy. That was that was what I the word I found Aww. to express my love for them. And so that was a word that always that was already there for me that was like, you know, a word that I enjoyed. So then when I'm watching this commercial that's like my buddy, I'm like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> but it was like boys playing with this doll and the doll was their boyfriend and they were doing all this fun stuff. And I that was the doll that I had, and I like wanted this my buddy, and because okay, they, they made I'm looking this up, they it's freakish, of course, because it's the eighties. But and then they made a kid sister, so they had a kid sister, kid sister, and that was the one for girls. And I was like, I do not want that at all. <laughs> his <laughs> I just eyes want... are his eyes are burning into my soul. I know it's pretty wild, but like at the time it was great. I was a child and I wanted it, and I also wanted that's I wanted to be that. Like I wore overalls and like little hats and striped shirts and stuff. And so also my middle name now is, is buddy. So of course like, that's where it came from. You know, we've um, talked so about how I wanted answer. that to be my name too. Right. That I ran through, Buddy. yeah, you did tell me names. that. I'm just glad it's not because then we would have the same. Name. That's so silly. <laughs> Absolutely. The silliest. Yeah, that would be silly. So what's yours, Gabe? Well, this is, it's not really like a toy, but it's something. So this past weekend, uh, I did karaoke with a bunch of uh, guys, gay guys, and um, everyone like, you know, we're all singing like pop songs and stuff and like old stuff that we remember from I sang Lucky by Britney Spears, whatever. <laughs> and then uh, they put on Seasons of Love from Rent. And when I tell oh, you sure. and we're all from different backgrounds, different mm -hmm. like economic classes, like races, everything. When I tell you, we all knew every single fucking word. Wow, man. And I was like, I took a video of it. I wanted to post it and be like, POV, you were closeted in high school because everyone was just giving it their all. And I was like, wow, the we we all connected to like musical theater, whether or not we were like musical theater gays or like whether like it just like something about that kind of thing. Like we all knew Defying Gravity. Why? And so like, I don't, you know, I mean, I after you said from rent, I'm like, well, OK, now I know what that is. I don't know any of this. Oh well, you know you're. I mean? That's just what's funny to me. It's just funny. Well, you're different. You're you're. We're different. I'm a different kind <laughs> of queer. No, yeah. No, I know we're different. Yeah. Um. You're different. Yeah. So, so I was thinking about how, like, I was in the car. We were singing "Love You Bohem." Me and this other friend of mine, and I was thinking about how 
the the character of Maureen uses the word bisexual. And that was the first time I ever heard the word bisexual. And so in my mind, I was like, I want to be Maureen. But mm. then whenever we would dress up as the characters or me and my friends or we would like pl- be the characters or we would say what character we were, I was Mark. Mm-hmm. I was Anthony Rapp's character, the house down sure. every time. <laughs> I had Mark's outfit. I had Mark's scarf. I dressed – there's pictures of all, every single – I would in my head I would go, well, I'm Maureen or Maureen. Did I ever yeah. dress like Maureen? Did I ever perform a Maureen song in a talent show? No, it was Mark. So always. do you feel like Mark now? Yes. Do you feel like Mark? Is oh, part of a your nerd book? with glasses who's like kind of faggy, wow. but likes women, but makes movies. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. I grew okay, up to be Mark. <laughs> exactly. So I think I that that's it. so funny that I never, because I never connected. Like I was like, oh, I like Mark. I have a crush on Mark. Yeah. But it was yeah, like, yeah. no, you just were being him the whole time. Yep. So it's kind of funny. Like people would say like, oh, I, I, you know, I wanted to be Maureen, but it's like, no, you wanted like I liked the part where Mark and Joanne sang about Maureen. So I was like, I want to be Maureen. No, I just want to be Mark. And you want to sing about Maureen. Yeah. So it's kind of mm-hmm. this funny like thing to look back on. We talked about my weird letters, right? We talked about that on the I, show. Yes, we did. Yeah. Go back in the archives, listen to the weird letters. So I'm just saying, like, it's I feel like rent was so formative for me and a bunch of other people. And then it's kind of interesting because this cis guy that I'm friends with where we were like singing all the Rent songs, he was like, I wanted to be Maureen so bad because because everyone wants to fuck her. Mm, interesting. And I was like, we wow. don't have time to unpack that. It's a <laughs> we're, spectrum, we're on our way know? to dinner. We don't have time to unpack what that. I, that's right. I'm too hungry for this. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I think there was stuff that I definitely latched on to where it was always effeminate men. Yeah, interesting. But he was an effeminate man who liked women. Yeah, they do exist. And I was like, I am attached to him. I love him so much. I will follow Anthony Rapp to the ends of the earth. If Anthony yeah. Rapp ever wants to come on this show, I'll lose my mind. Oh, I could probably possibly make that happen. I did his no, po- you're I kidding. did his podcast a long time ago, baseball podcast. I would shit. I have to do his podcast because I well, I have to meet him because I have to tell him that when I was in high school, I brought him a gift basket to the Barnes and Noble where he signed his book. Wow. I bet he remembers. We'll find out. Anthony Rapp, if you're listening, do you remember some weird girl in Miami who brought you a gift basket? Let's make it happen. It's going to be great. Um, And you know what else is going to be great? Our interview with Avi Roque. That's right, which is coming up right after this. Hello and welcome back to the new guys. We have an exciting guest that I was on a trans mask panel with at LA Comic Con? Question mark. Um, Hello, Avi. Can you tell our audience who you are and what you do? Of course. Um, Hi, my name is Avi Roque. Um, My pronouns are they, them. I am an actor, a audiobook narrator, um, dabbling into voiceovers and exploring that side of the industry. Uh, but yeah, just, you know, trans, trans mask, non-binary, queer, Latine, all those cute labels. So my first question is, you got like pretty popular from doing a character on Owl House. So how did you get into like voice stuff? Like when does someone realize like, wow, my voice could be a thing, especially as a trans guy? Definitely. You see, it was interesting. It was a journey that started pre-transition and pre-medical transition for me. I just being, you know, my foundation was the theater. I did a lot of, you know, that training and comes voice and speech work. And I was living in Chicago at the time and I tried to pursue voiceover by taking a class and paying a lot of money to (laughs) voiceover 101. Classic. You know, classic. (laughs) But, um, and spent a lot of money on a demo reel that I worked with some engineer and they were like, here's some samples of, okay. So I think why I did that was because, you know, someone was like, oh, even before I transitioned medically, someone was like, you have a great voice. Um, mm-hmm. you, should, you should try that as well as your theater. And so I did, I, I invested again, time, money, energy into trying to make this voiceover thing happen, but it really didn't. So uh, I maybe got like one non-union job, uh, but it wasn't yielding what I think I had anticipated. And it, it just wasn't happening fast enough for me to feel like, wow, I, I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. So I gave up. 
I really did. I really said, oh, I guess I don't have what it takes to do voiceover. I put that away, let it go. A few years after that, two or three years, I was like, oh, I'm trans. And then was like, let me figure this out. <laughs> what do mm. I need to do for myself and make these choices? Um, starting with the social transition, name and pronouns. And then a year and a half after, I did a medical transition where I began taking hormones, hormone replacement therapy. With the testosterone, my voice changed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I call it settling into my true authentic voice in like more ways than one. And mm -hmm. it was a beautiful moment where I feel like my voice was kind of like in the place of settling in this register. And I got a offer for an not an offer, an audition for an audiobook right, called yeah. Cemetery Boys by Aiden Thomas. And the main character is a trans Latinx boy and a oh. brujo. And I believe this was Macmillan Audio. The producer wanted to cast responsibly, cast authentically, and find someone that matched, you know, those identities mm -hmm. to narrate the book. And I think they Googled me. I don't <laughs> even know if they, if this still exists, but it's called The Tea List. And it was oh. like, yes, a self-submission database for trans actors. Oh, wow. <laughs> I had self-submitted myself, and I believe that's how they found me. They reached out, emailed me, I auditioned, and then I, the author chose me to be the narrator. So that was like a very, very full circle moment just with like, wow, okay, look at that. What a beautiful thing. And I think with that, my agents were like, oh, let's start <laughs> submitting you some voiceover things uh, and and actually I think started to put me into those circles and those pools and it kind of is that thing of I think it is luck sometimes it is like oh do you know is someone right time right place mm -hmm. it's yeah. like with the buzz it's like people are trying to find you know trans mask non-binary all these things actors voices to give voice to characters to play these characters to represent these characters yeah. or these people and I somehow got that audition from my agent for Disney Channel's The Owl House the animated series and it was interesting because the role only didn't say this is the non-binary witch of the covenant <laughs> it wasn't like that it was just like they are hardworking and very charming <laughs> <laughs> and they this, and they that, and they this, they that, they, 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 they. And I was like, oh, cool. Okay. Awesome. I didn't even know the show. <laughs> I didn't yeah. heard of the show. It's very popular. Yeah, <laughs> Disney. I was like, gotta audition. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that kind of just began opening the door as soon as I got cast in that role. Um, I honestly didn't even think I got it because I did that actor thing of seeing the original character rendering. Mm. Um, that was very fair skinned oh. and looked like, you know, this white androgynous non-binary <laughs> witch. And shame on me. I was selected and I really give kudos to the team of that series for basically they shaded the character closer mm. to my skin tone. Um, and so there it can uh, be done. It can be done. <laughs> it absolutely can be done. You mean an animation? We can change it. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out, um, that's incredible. And you know, I I've heard Avi. I've heard a definition of luck as defined as hard work meeting opportunity. You know, it's like you did that uh, that demo reel isn't what got you the thing, but it gave you it gave you the things to show up for that thing. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, exactly. and, and I, I really loved how you uh, uh, put it of, you know, settling into your authentic voice in more than one way, you know, of just like, I could, you know, it's like the things I was doing, I couldn't really do until I'm me, you know? And then there are things that you don't want to do anymore. Cause you're like, Oh, this doesn't, <laughs> this is not me at all. You know, exactly. it's, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm curious just because um, we've had some people write in and I have people in my life who uh, are in theater. And I know there's like a lot of vocal training around that, especially around singing. We had a listener write in about, um, you know, being afraid to change their voice, that like they're going to lose their art or their opportunities or their career or this thing they've been doing forever. Um, it's all going to go away. 
you know, so I'm just curious what your experience, if you have experience with that, those feelings or that external experience of people telling you that, like what, what has been your experience of that and, and voice change within, um, theater or, or anything really, but, but specifically theater and then anything else. <laughs> and your voice is your job. Right. Well, see, that's, that's the thing. It's like, it is possible. You can have success <laughs> and, you know, it's just finding your niche. I, I had an acting teacher one time being like, if this is what you want to do. You will find your like pocket or area where you can do this thing that you love. And so I think, yeah, I've gone through many iterations of trying to, like, I never thought voiceover would be the path that, mm -hmm. you know, I felt excited about and that it reignited a passion for me and it's more I want to do more of it but to answer your question River you know I think it's different if I was doing like musical theater I think th that could have been a much more scarier thing mm -hmm. now I do say I'm an actor that can sing mm -hmm. because I used to do musical theater in high school <laughs> mm -hmm. you know I was Velma Kelly in Chicago wow <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Just a flex in <laughs> high school. Okay. In my, in my Catholic high school. Love um, it. But anyways, um, I think there was anxiety there for me. Singing already, I wasn't very confident, even though I did do it in high school, but I didn't continue it. But it's something that brings me joy. And I took some voice lessons, I think, after I transitioned and you know, because there would be some auditions that were like, okay, now sing us 16 bars of your favorite pop song. Mm -hmm. And I got nervous because it's true. It's It does feel like it's learning an, your voice again. Right. And so there is that fear and that anxiety. But I think with hard work or with training or with just doing the steps to try to, you can get back to the place where it feels joyful to sing and you feel confident to sing. It's just like practicing and doing it more mm -hmm. and more for it to feel comfortable mm -hmm. again. So do you feel like with voiceover, you know, if their voice changing, do you feel like, okay, so the character's voice will sound different or am I able to replicate that voice? Cause like, you're not always just using your actual voice when you're playing a character. No. And I have to say, I'm still, so The Owl House is to this day, my only voice acting for an animated series role. So mm -hmm. I really am still learning. Um, mm -hmm. I'm auditioning a lot for other series. And sometimes I feel that calls upon utilize, utilizing my voice in different registers or different tones. But the backbone or the foundation is still the acting like voice acting is still acting you're not just putting on a silly voice you know <laughs> I mean so to have those tools it's still important I think um in understanding a scene and understanding your objectives and understanding what's going on um but also having fun with your voice too and seeing what you can do I always tell people in your free time, just explore, get wild, <laughs> explore the ranges, have fun with it, see what you can do and see what your voice can do. Um, but yeah, so yes, there is part of the consistency. You need to be able to maintain the voice mm -hmm. also <laughs> if you're making a choice. So to, of course, replicate that and vocal health, you still want to be safe with um, this instrument. How are you safe with it? What do you do? Great question. <laughs> um, so I have little remedies to help me. So I mentioned I, I narrate audiobooks. That's long form. I am sitting yeah. there for, you know, hours a day reading. Mm -hmm. And I bring little peppermint oil, first of all, like essential oil to help open up, to wake up, feel bright. And then <laughs> um, I have a, a spray that's like, oh gosh, there's like garlic and like licorice root. It's nasty. <laughs> um, but it helps just with kind of, and it's not alcohol based. So that's dangerous sometimes where you're using things to numb the mm -hmm. vocal cords, you know, because then you might be overdoing something and not realizing it. Uh, and then I also, of course, water, hydration, 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 mm -hmm. got to keep it nice and moist. I haven't tried this, but someone told me one time, rather than 
like if you're recording for hours, rather than constantly drinking water, water, you're going to have to use the restroom a lot. Like um, spritzing with water. Like hmm. some people just are like with a little squirt bottle. <laughs> like, like you're an orchid or something? Yeah, like you're an orchid, <laughs> like you're doing your plants. That's right. It's so funny. I, I don't know if you, if you, either of you know this, but um, Paul McCartney and like that era of musician, it's like, it's like a point of pride and masculinity, I'm sure, that they don't drink water while they're performing. Get out of town. It's it's like, a th and I had no idea because I went to my, my friend who's like a big, um, you know, just music, just like music fan, nerd, everything. Um, he mentioned it to me that it's like, because he saw him take a sip of water during, I think he performed for two hours singing. And, you know, it's Paul McCartney going, woo! all the time you know, all this stuff and i mean he's like 90 years old wearing high heels and not drinking water you know it's just like it's and there, he's like because 90. i'm a man you know he, almost he's up there um wow. but yeah anyway that's just very funny to me it's like i'm actively harming myself to prove a point but isn't that toxic masculinity in a in a nutshell <laughs> there you go that's so silly maybe maybe he drinks a lot of water after i hope so yeah, i lying. sure hope so <laughs> I always think it's funny when there was like people that I would see do stand up where their bit would be like, I'm drunk, I'm fun, I'm just like you guys. And then they'd get backstage and be like, it's apple juice. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to need you to name names off of the podcast for who this is that's saying they're drunk and not. As a oh, yeah. Comedian. Well, I mean, it was local comics that I saw when I was in Tennessee with an ex of mine who oh, was on gotcha. who's doing okay. stuff. All a performance. Yep, yeah. That's right. And it was to get the people to buy drinks as well. And I was like, this is brilliant. Mm -hmm. Um, so Avi, what's your favorite type of audiobook to narrate, like genre? I'm kind of um, in one genre right now. Okay, I love it. It's I, it's great. But I uh -huh. do a lot of young adult, sure. like queer rom coms. Oh, okay, got you, got you. Yeah, <laughs> that's where the money's at for us. <laughs> that's where it is. Okay, so that's yes, fun. I, I do a lot of that. I've done some sci fi, fantasy. Cool. Uh, I've done a horror one mm -hmm. uh and some children's books those are always fun like little Cute. picture books and stuff Aww. it's really cool for the for the rom-coms are you reading both like are you reading both characters yeah it depends um sometimes if there's let's say the book is written with two characters and each chapter is a character mm -hmm. most likely the publisher and author will want two different um people to read each chapter but sometimes if it's one narrator, so one main character, and then a lot of different characters, that will be just me or one narrator. So it's kind of like a vocal exercise for me, too, of when I arrive to different characters, I try to add different flavors to differentiate the the voices and people. Mm -hmm. So a listener can feel like they're really going on a journey. <laughs> i'm trying to imagine how you do a horror book like you're like i gotta be spooky <laughs> yes I be spooky you get really like you have to get really like quiet and suspenseful mm. uh -huh. don't know what's gonna happen nice. and then all of a sudden and then like you have to, <laughs> like, you have to like really lean into it you know yeah. <laughs> do you have children in your life that you get to read to I wish no. No, I can't wait. I can't wait for the day that that whenever that is, even if it's just once. Because I just just as you did that, I was like, man, if I was like your nephew or something, I would be like, Abby is, is reading to me. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, Dad, get out of here. <laughs> I want them. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I gotta go to the li local library. Yes. Oh, I love that for you. Just get protested for fun. <laughs> You're just like me like, and the drag what? queens at yeah. the library. Oh, That's you didn't right. want the drag queens? Welcome me. You, you know what? You know what's a better use of people's time protesting? Reading to their own damn kids. <laughs> How about do that? How about you do that? You don't want them reading to you. Um, I'm curious. This is a little. It's not off. It is off topic, but just curious. Um, like at because you sort of mentioned it, but at at what age for like our listeners? Um, did you uh begin your social transition and what was that like for you? And like, how did you, like. How did you realize? How did you un come to understand like, oh, I'm trans? Like, what was that experience like for you? For sure. I mean, I feel like, you know, not to make this too lengthy, but I feel like there was always something, even as a very young, young yeah. child, three, Tell four, me about or five, 
Um, and I always envision, yeah, I always envisioned that as like, okay, it, it showed up sometimes in my gender expression, uh, what I wanted to wear, what I, how I wanted to cut my hair. Mm -hmm. um, and then I feel like that gender stuff kind of got swept under the rug. And I did want to um, conform. And I did oh. want to do my best to be a girl. And to me, in my binary way of thinking and what I was exposed to, it was very much like a girl wears dresses and wears makeups and like and li wears makeup and likes yeah. boys. And so I did that for high school. Um, but I also was living that double life where like I had a girlfriend, but I also had a boyfriend. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Drama. Um, you know, the drama. It was just crazy. But um in college, I feel like I started kind of owning more of my expression again with the like masculine you know I was that I could never say I was a lesbian though I never mm -hmm. felt very um and probably because of the way I attached that to it being a woman right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I still feel like I operated in the binary structure of everything and the very black and white kind of stuff but not until I lived in Chicago um did I get exposed to more queer artists and that community and it all it took were was another person an actor who was like i'm trans and uh, you know i use they them pronouns and that kind of led me on my like let me lift the rug up and bring mm -hmm. like <laughs> let me bring that back um because sexuality did show up first obviously for sexual right. identity and then the gender thing came back into my life to ask these questions and it was really just a moment of, again, seeing that someone else was, you know, yeah. not just a man, not just a woman, not just a girl, not just a boy, um, but seeing how they express themselves so freely. And I was doing youth educational outreach uh, with a theater where we were telling our stories um, as actors, but as human beings under the LGBTQIA plus umbrella and we would go to schools and share our stories and you know do all of that and the other actors I worked with were also identified in in a plethora of ways and a myriad of of all these things and I think it just that world opened up to me and so yeah I said okay well this name never I couldn't I just can't get behind this name I just it just doesn't feel right it doesn't feel like me and I really wanted to find a gender neutral name, mm. um, but I wanted it to like my method of finding that was I wanted it to like, of course, flow with my last name. Right. But I, I still wanted it to start with the letter A. My given birth name was with a le letter A. And I also wanted to like love and, and feel good about the way I wrote it, like feel good about how I heard it and saying it. Um, so it was an intentional process for me, but it's so funny because the meaning of the name Avi, um, I don't fully connect to. Mm. It's um, father. I, yes, God is my father, father. Um, but it, it's it's kind of beautiful at the same time. And I feel like that I've made peace. Like I think at first I was like, it's not because of that, but <laughs> I feel, you know, in my own exploration as an adult and being married and, you know, not being a parent, but you know, even we talked about my wife and I, like, I can still be a husband and be non-binary. I can mm -hmm. still be a father and be non-binary. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because I also just don't love the words that people have tried. Like, I know. thank you for trying <laughs> to come up with with. Other... Oh, you mean like nibbling and those kinds of things? Yeah. They friend. Yeah. Not for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you don't yeah, like they cool. friend? I like that people are going for it. You know, sure. it's real fun. But I resonate with you, too. It's For me, my experience recently has been finding some freedom in uh, the release of gender from gendered words. Because yes. I personally, in my own experience, I, I appreciate, respect, and understand the gender in mother and father. Mm -hmm. I can also completely remove it and go, what does it mean to father something? That's beautiful. If it does not have a gender attached to it. Yeah, you know, I've been I've been parented in fatherly ways by you know the most cisgender women ever. You know what I mean? And so it's <laughs> like, and you know, oh, ultimately to, to me, those things are allegories, anyways, for you know, spiritual, emotional, and um, you know, the material sort of thing. And we each 
contain both in varying amounts you know it's not a binary it's more of a polar thing so i think it's really beautiful you know i, I that's that's what i've found to be very powerful is like you know you could say oh we're taking it back but it's like oh i'm just receiving it in a new way and i'm just having a new understanding of what of what it could be because then all that like patriarchal stuff starts to sort of recede because if i don't see it that way it isn't that way. Exactly. You know I mean? So it doesn't have the same power over me, at least, that it used to have. Exactly. Know? And that was a journey, a process mm -hmm. of moving through all of that. I was very angry very early in I my mean, transition, yeah. being <laughs> like, you don't see me the way I see myself. I have. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you call me ladies with all these ladies? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, but to speak to answer, I didn't say age. I was 24, 25 mm -hmm. around finding the social transition moment. Uh, and then 20, like 7, 28, uh, when I began medically transitioning um, with hormones and then top surgery later. Mm -hmm. How old are you now? I am 34. Ooh, the real beautiful trans guy thing of looking so young. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, but it's hard to get this work out here. They're like, they're like, ooh, yeah, you look young, but I don't know, you sound 40. What? Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay, I was going to say. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. But no, I audition a lot for gay cis men. Yeah, oh, wow. what's that Good like? Good for you. <laughs> what's that like yeah you know well it's so interesting the first time i got cast was in a play at the geffen playhouse oh, it yeah. called the inheritance and um i don't know i feel like it's so interesting like even in this of like again being my true self i feel like even this these components of my femininity are more fully embraced mm -hmm. and i feel like i am fully like embodied now yeah um where there is not no judgment around that and so i think those attributes kind of lean into what we would you know yeah. envision a gay man <laughs> i know or a certain kind of gay man you know yeah, yeah, not, yeah. not all gay men are are this and this yeah a, a cis straight person's idea of what gay men are right <laughs> not 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 limited to that but typically there's their view of what that is correct but that's well, been the interesting thing yeah that's interesting were you someone i can't remember were you some, i feel like were you someone who responded to my thing about like the the femme to fag pipeline like the hot girl to to mm -hmm. were you like were you like one of i forget if you were one of the people who was like i was never super butch as a woman oh uh, no well at one point i feel like Maybe I did. In high school, I feel like there was a period where I was very femme. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Super, super embraced that. Um, but then in college, I was like, no, I want my vest and my skinny jeans <laughs> and my fedora hat. <laughs> I just had one is, of my vests out last night. I just had, I just busted it out last night because I didn't know if I still had it. Incredible. Y'all, I put that thing on and I could barely, like, I, I closed it, but when I was breathing, when I was inhaling, you know, into my diaphragm and filling up, it was like puckering. And I was like, I wore this with boobs. And I, right now, without boobs, it, it's tight. And I'm just like, how did that even happen? You know what I mean? Like, that we, is some. You guys were like fedora. Fedora. No. Okay. Not fedora. I had a fedora. And like, I did not have a fedora. And like the sort of dapper style, um, yes. like vest. Okay. I was yeah. never that. I was in love with all the girls who looked like that, <laughs> but I was never that kind of like early OOs. <laughs> well, this was not. This was not just. I just want to add. This was not early OOs style vest. This. This was. Uh, mason jars at your wedding style <laughs> vest. You know, like this is this was 2016, 2017 vest of like still in we love can all with get that married girl. Now. Still in love. <laughs> so, oh my god, <laughs> that that's so funny. Why? Why were you? What? What is with the dapper style? I feel like it's like this androgynous like type thing, but also trying to be sort of like a gentleman, but like still. Like being like, oh, but I'm not a guy. Right. Yeah. It was interesting. It was like that period of blending, like shopping in the men's and the women's department, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> What's with the fedora? <laughs> like why? The, yeah. The fedora is just like, that was the early 2000s. I don't understand where that came from. You need a like a hat. Okay. So I'm not, it's like my dad. Um, he's a big thrifter and loves vintage finds. So he's finding like really nice, like 
hats from like the 40s and the 50s, you know, so it just added a swagger um, for me. Were the were the women into it, Avi? <laughs> Did they sort of like that? Or I mean, listen, that's one of that. I yeah, I always I feel like I've I always had a girlfriend. I always had somebody. <laughs> wow, Work. that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> I know, just called. I always had a girlfriend. Yeah. Like, was it was it the vest? Was what came that's, first, the chicken or the egg? You know what I mean. That's, that's my next comedy special. I always had a girlfriend. I always had um, a girl. That's funny. Lesbians were running around at the turn of the this century like a bunch of uh, pickup artists. That's everybody. It's was very true. Like it's extremely true. I wonder. White suspenders and black dress shirts. And absolutely stuff. awful. Absolutely, like a is, is she a lesbian or is she in a ska band? We don't know. That's right. <laughs> Does she play the trombone? Both. <laughs> Do they have French horns in ska bands? Okay. Anyway, um, that's a fisting joke, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> I did yeah, not French also horns. did not get it. Because you play a French horn, you put your fit. Whatever. I don't know anyway, anything right. about the French horn. All of our French horn listeners are laughing out okay, loud well. in their Priuses while they're driving right now. <laughs> we have a big a uh, contingent of French horn listeners. We do on this. absolutely we, we not, but they're about to all write in. <laughs> but they're all going to write in about it. I was going to ask you about Chicago. Yeah. Where did where did you move? For, you don't have to give like a, but you can give an area. Where did you move from? to? Because I also, I moved from Akron, Ohio to Chicago. And that was the first place I ever actively went to Pride. And I was just like, like my head exploded, you know. Um, so I'm curious, like, what what was that moment for you in Chicago? Because I feel like a lot of people have that experience there. Yeah. Well, it's so funny. I grew up in San Francisco Bay Area. Shocking. What? Oh. I know. Well, isn't that weird? That but I, like, no, but not really. Because I, I, felt, I feel it. I yeah, get I feel very sheltered in yep. some ways. Again, I said I went to Catholic school, K through eight, and high school. Um, I don't feel like I was in the spaces or places to be in community with, mm -hmm. with, you know, queer people. I just, mm -hmm. and I was young, so it's not like I was going out to right. Castro and yeah. the clubs. Right. There's a lot of straight people in San Francisco. Yeah, there are. <laughs> like Again, I just a great title there. for an episode. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's the thing about you know people thinking about san francisco is like this it's like you're saying it's like i wasn't it's not like i was going to the castro it's almost probably easier to keep a child sheltered not that your parents were actively you know whatever but i just mean when when there is a large portion of it and it's all right there don't go there <laughs> you know don't go to the castro right, like right. then you won't see it you know right there's no need to go there so like i totally get that and it makes sense that, you know, then you go out on your own yeah. journey to Chicago and you it finds you and you find it because mm -hmm. there's no protective, you know, thing. There's no dental dam keeping you away from your your future. <laughs> no. Practice safe sex, everybody. <laughs> wow. Exactly. 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 But um, no, I went to college in Orange County. I went to Cal oh. State Fullerton. Okay. Yeah. So again, just kind of like, and that was, I didn't learn. That's the thing. I didn't learn about Harvey Milk until college whoa right. and so that was amazing <laughs> but wow. even then i still feel Neither like did I. <laughs> you know it's like we don't learn about these things on purpose you know no exactly i was gonna say that's a greater mm -hmm. issue yet another podcast <laughs> i learned about him from the movie yeah, yeah. from the movie exactly yeah See? and that was what 2008 2008 yeah but i didn't learn about trans people till 2016 <laughs> okay yeah, that that confounds me because I got like Venus Boys off of Netflix and stuff. You know, it's like I it knew <laughs> I knew about Max from the L Word. I knew about Chaz Bono. I knew about the Pregnant Man. Okay, like, yeah. like I knew that I knew about it. <laughs> All loosely. the greatest hits. The greatest hits. Like I knew about it loosely, but I was like, well, those are still girls. Right. Like I wasn't. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's how it was. Framed. I remember being so nonplussed. Like they were like, oh, the pregnant man. And I remember like everyone's making a big deal. In my head, I was like, that's just like a lady with a beard. Why is everyone freaking out? I truly was like. Gabe, you sound like the comment section on my stand up now. I was. Yeah. Well, I was like, if it was an actual man who was pregnant, that would be interesting. And I was like, this is very boring. Like, I didn't think it was that interesting. Oh, uh, well. We're going to get so many letters. <laughs> anyway.
<laughs> I was like, it's not that interesting. It's so autistic of me to be like, this is actually not that special. <laughs> <laughs> but I get that. No, that's fair. I do hear that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Okay, so then you went to Chicago. No, I went to Chicago <laughs> and I still wanted to do theater. And um, I think it was just being a part of the theater community that like, again, you know, I got to meet all sorts of people and work with all sorts of people. And there was a little underground scene, I feel like that were like, you know, all the cool kids went and like, mm. you know, that's the underground, like, you know, world of just everyone freely being themselves. And yeah, like I said, Aww. it just kind of was like, I didn't know about, honestly, the word, like, this is, this was another cute moment. So this actor that I knew that was trans and like trans to me too, was like a new thing mm -hmm. of being like, mm -hmm. what is that? And um, am I that? And you know, having the, that conversation with myself and on a whim, like this was still very, very new for me, but that person invited me to like a trans act Chicago actor brunch. Okay. And I was like, there's more, <laughs> <laughs> but it was a moment that. for me where I really was like, do I even, am I even allowed there? Like, should I even go there? Like, I don't know. So I had that moment. And then I just said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go. <laughs> and and I did. And I think that also was like a nice seed planting moment for me. And um, yeah, so sometimes it just really is like I'm, I'm fortunate for the ways people have helped me arrive to where I am. But at mm -hmm. the end of the day, it is me. Who, who, you know, ha I've made these choices and these decisions to, to fully embrace my truth and to live a happy life that I deserve. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really and I was going to ask you when we, when we wrap in a few minutes to what you would say to young trans people or anybody questioning, but you already just said it. So no. yeah. <laughs> that's kind that's of the it. vibe, you know? Yeah. You know, don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, but I yeah. also, I also know it's, there's a lot of barriers sometimes that prevent you from accessing what you need. And I, I hate that. And that's mm -hmm. terrible. There's still so much hate in the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I always say, even if it is that one person or that one interaction or that one little thing, that's really going to offer you some light or some perspective, like grasp onto it and hold on to it and carry mm -hmm. that with you. Um, and yeah, so just mm -hmm. keep being kind to each other uh, and kind to yourself. Can I ask one final question? Sure. It's kind of a big one maybe, but you you get an audition for a Disney Plus show and you're sort of guessing, okay, this character is non-binary or trans in some way. Right. And then you do that. And then I saw the reaction to you at Comic-Con. So like that, what was that like? Like being like, oh, I'm on a kid's show. Right. And I'm this character, I'm trans non-binary and the character is trans non-binary because the people at the panel were losing their shit over you. Right. <laughs> I assume in a good way, just to... In a good way. Oh okay, yeah. Great. They were throwing like, things at me. I would say no, like three right. people came up to talk to me and then like 45 <laughs> people came up to talk to Avi. Stop it, Gabe. And I had okay. absolutely no feelings about it. Gabe, listen, <laughs> you want to get petty. You have so many followers. Whatever, Avi, forget it. <laughs> Okay, no. Um honestly, sometimes I uh, it's a moment of like awe and confusion and like is this real life? Um but I do experience the seeing the impact of the ways this character, this series, me in that role has affected and impacted so many people globally. Mm -hmm. I am in shock how far this show has reached. In, I have international fans like sure. it's really really it's such a beautiful thing um but yeah I guess it's like a moment of wow are they young they're young young some are young some are like um you know 13 14 some could be 11 but some are older some are in their 20s it ranges because I think it was a series that like spoke to a lot of um older folks as well and uh, older you know lgbt uh, folks that i think were like oh this i wish i had this growing up 
you know, and so I could see myself now in something, but this is my catchphrase. Um, but like that kind of representation is life changing and life saving. So, and I, and I see that and it's just, it's unreal still to sometimes feel the response and, mm -hmm. I, you know, I do the thing of like, I'm just, I'm just a person doing this, but I think it's good to celebrate yourself and these moments and be proud of the work in what you're doing and the impact that you might have. I think it's easy for me to downplay or underplay mm -hmm. it um, because I'm trying to be humble, <laughs> humility, but no, I, I think at the end of the day, all I care about really is that it's helping people. I really do care about that. That's humility. <laughs> you know, hu humility it's and it's a hard it's it's a hard practice, you know, because like humility is not, you know, diminishing these things. It's actually like appreciating them and like um cuz it's easy to be like I'm not I I'm not anything. I don't blah blah blah. It's like no, like people people have been changed by simply us exist. The three people that are on the screen, I know for a fact, at least one person has come up and said, I wouldn't be where I was today if it wasn't for you. That's, That's right. it. Just, just plain and simple. And like, that is an incredible gift to them, but it's an inc incredible gift to me because somebody did that for me, you know, <laughs> and I, I won't ever get to thank them. So like to be thanked for that or like, is just like, it's such a powerful thing to get to do. And every, like, you don't have to uh you know be uh uh an actor and you know youtube and podcast person and comedian and writer uh stand up actor direct you know whatever uh, uh uh theater actor voice actor uh you don't have to be these things to have that effect i guess is the thing that i wanted to add like just living our lives in in community with each other interdependently is is why the hate doesn't actually work like they it keep it's less powerful than the thing you said of like that hand that grasps out for you that hand is infinitely more powerful than the thousands of like fingers pointing at you right. uh, uh, it doesn't feel that way <laughs> but i guess you know it's just like i'm just struck by the profoundness of the three of us being on here doing that for each other being given the opportunity to have that and you know give it back is just like it's a powerful thing and everyone gets to do it you know, it would be right. so sick if we all had fedora fedoras and we just put our fedoras on right now. <laughs> and that's yep. how we ended. We just put our fedoras yep. on, tipped them at the audience, and then that's right. scattered away. Our humility fedoras. We our just humility our fedoras. Humility fedoras. <laughs> our humility fedoras. <laughs> and that's the merch. Right. And that's the merch. Please Photoshop a little fedora on me. <laughs> Uh, we'll get Logan right on that. Abby, it's been so wonderful to meet you and uh, get to know you. And thanks so much for sharing so so openly with us and our listeners. Appreciate it very much. Absolutely. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And thank yeah. you both for, for doing this and hosting this platform and oh, thanks. this space. Where yeah, can people you. find you? Oh, I'm on um, the socials, uh, Instagram at Avi underscore Roque. Uh, TikTok is the same at Avi underscore Roque. X Twitter, I don't know all that. I am on it, but I don't use it. Yeah, um, so who, who does um, these days? Forget oh. that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. But mainly that, mainly Instagram. Very and if cool. you have a book, get Avi to read it. You, That's right. I'm telling you, you can pay Avi to say almost anything. <laughs> if you got, you know, the main source is Audible, um, yeah. but there's other areas like Libro FM is another place you oh, can nice. download and listen to audiobooks. Um, Spotify now has an audiobook session uh, section as well. Cool. But if you just type in my name, <laughs> like you'll see like where you can listen to the, the work that I've I've narrated. Hell Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, now you're welcome. Thanks for listening. You can email us at thenewguyspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at thenewguyspod. This podcast is edited and produced by Logan Castrodali, music by Atlas Bishop, and art by Maya Scarpa. Thank you.